The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Well, here we are again at another Monday. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is Monday, January 22, 2024. Monday of the third week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year B, cycle two. Monday is a day to pray the joyful mysteries of the rosary. This is the day of prayer for the legal protection of unborn children. And our saint today is Saint Vincent Saragossa. Saint Vincent, the proto-martyr of Spain, was a deacon of the third century. Together with his bishop Valerius of Saragossa, he was apprehended during a persecution of Dacian, the governor of Spain. Valerius was banished, but Vincent was subjected to fierce tortures before ultimately dying from his wounds. According to details of his death, his constancy remained unmoved, leading to the jailer's conversion, and he survived until his friends were allowed to see him and prepare a bed on which he died in 304. St. Vincent Saragossa, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. God, you know the desires of our hearts for authentic peace, justice, and love. I offer you my prayers, thoughts, words, actions, joys, and sufferings today, together with Jesus, who continues to offer himself to us in the Eucharist, who continues to reveal himself to us in the poor, the oppressed, the marginalized, the unborn, the most vulnerable in our world. May your Holy Spirit be my guide and strength today so that I may be a witness to your love, your justice, and your peace and to the sanctity of each human life. Together with Mary, our mother, sister, and friend, she who carried the Savior in her womb with all the communion of saints and with all of us who offer ourselves to you for the good of others today, we pray, amen. And with Pope Francis, we pray that the Holy Spirit may help us to recognize the gift of different charisms within the Christian community and to discover the richness of different traditions and rituals in the Catholic Church. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the Gospel of the Day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In today's Gospel, Lord Jesus, we contemplate you as you defend yourself from an absurd charge from some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem. He is possessed by Beelzebul, they said. And by the prince of demons, he drives out demons. And with complete logic and fairness, you, Lord, answer these accusations. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Your words, Jesus, are so helpful to us during this octave of prayer for Christian unity when, together with so many 
of our brothers and sisters who share Christian baptism, the whole church, you could say, is on its knees praying for the great gift of of unity. We remember, Jesus, your prayer at the Last Supper, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may all be one so that the world may believe. It's a beautiful thing for us to have this octave of Christian unity because it's a time when we are praying with Jesus for an intention that means so much to him. Lord, I pray to you and I pray with you. How powerful that prayer is. It also means, therefore, that unity matters a very great deal. If a kingdom is divided against itself, it cannot stand. And in fact, the reality is that the whole work of redemption, of salvation, is about re-establishing the original unity, unity between God and the human person, unity between the human person and other human persons, unity within each human person. Because sin, there's no uh, doubting this, creates factions, divisions, disunity. We see it in the original sin. Before the sin, Adam and Eve were totally at ease with God. They were in unity with him. They were at peace with him. Before sin, Adam and Eve were well united among themselves in harmony, in peace. And before original sin, Adam and Eve are completely united, full of integrity, you might say, within themselves. You could say they're at ease in their skins. All that changes after sin. After they've committed the original sin, Adam and Eve now hide themselves from God. Their unity with God has been damaged. They are distant. There's a fracturing has taken place. After original sin, they accuse one another. The woman gave me to eat and I ate. Their relationship is now tense. It's broken to an extent. And even their unity, their integrity within themselves is damaged. Before original sin, they were naked. Afterwards, they have to clothe themselves. Life has become more complex. Devil, diabolus, that very word, means divider. And whenever we come across disunity, be it in a family, or in any human community, or in the church, or in general, the more serious lacks of unity in war-torn areas, we know that is the work of the devil. He is the divider. That's what he aims to do. And therefore, Lord, we ask you for the grace that when we come across the temptation to disunity, that we would fiercely defend unity, that we would not give in to disunity in our family, in a marriage, in any uh, human grouping, much less in the church, in the mystical body of our Lord. Our Lord already has enough wounds without his mystical body being another, uh, you might say, have another laceration, another um, broken bone, another element of disunity. On the contrary, the whole work of redemption is to build love, to create unity. St. Augustine says of the church that the church is the world reconciled, mundus reconciliatus, two Latin words, mundus reconciliatus, the world reconciled. What does he mean? That the church is the world insofar as the world is recognized with God, is reconciled with God. 
And that's the whole mission of the church, to build unity, union with God and union among people. That's the whole, you might say, the whole effort of the church and therefore of each one of us. And that's why this octave of prayer for Christian unity is so important, so important. Unity is often challenged. I suppose every family, every marriage has its difficulties, has its moments of pressure, its worries, its problems. But we know that in that situation, the challenge for that family is to ensure that that problem in no way separates the members of the family from one another, but rather brings them more closely together. And that way, good always triumphs over any challenge, over any evil indeed. We can think here of the martyrs, even when they're faced with the brokenness and the the fragmentation brought about by sin, they don't give in to it. The witness of the martyr is always one of unity, union with the Lord and union with other human beings, the logic of love. It's like you, Jesus, on the cross. You tell of, of the cross in advance when you say, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all things to myself. Then Maximilian Kolbe, when he was in Auschwitz being so badly mistreated along with all those people, those poor people in the concentration camp, he was adamant that they would not respond to their torturers with hatred, but only with love. We will not buy into their logic. We will not, you know, um, accept this disunity. Or there's another martyr, a very admirable woman called Blessed Margaret Ball, who was born in the countryside in County Meath, in Ireland in 1515. She married a prosperous Dublin merchant, Mr. Ball, who was Lord Mayor of Dublin for a time. They had 10 children, of whom five survived into adulthood. And uh, one of those children was very ambitious, Walter, her son. And it so happened that at that very moment, the, the Catholic faith was being persecuted. There was an attempt to eradicate the Catholic faith from Dublin and from Ireland and to impose the Protestant faith. And Margaret Balls, one of her sons, Walter, who was ambitious, became a Protestant because he wanted to advance politically in his career. That was a great source of pain for his mother, but that's what he did. And he achieved his aim in the sense that he became Lord Mayor of Dublin, like his father. But one of the first things he did was to imprison his mother in the dungeons in Dublin Castle for all her pro-Catholic activities, because she had been harbouring priests, she had been organising clandestine masses. And he imprisoned his mother, who at that age, at that time, was already at a great age. She was in her 60s, which at that time was a very advanced age. She had very bad and painful arthritis. And she died in, in the prison. After a number of years, she died in the dungeon of Dublin Castle. She was beatified by St. John Paul II in 1992, along with 16 other Irish martyrs. What's most interesting is that in her will, she left what she had always planned to leave to her son Walter. She could have come out, cut him out of the will. We'd say, well, that would be only right. That would be only just. She did not do so, even though she had many opportunities to do so. She didn't buy into the logic of fracturing, of breaking up the family. She returned love to hatred. Lord Jesus, in this octave of Christian unity, we beg you for unity within the church so that the church may always be a sign and a force of unity within the human race. We ask you, Mother of ours, Mary, Mother of the Church, Mother of all God's children, to pray for us. And you'll find plenty more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app.
This day of prayer begins in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We pray today for the legal protection of the unborn. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Paul Sadek, and we begin this liturgical day as we join with the whole church in prayer, led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and and my my mouth mouth will will proclaim proclaim your praise. Let us approach the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. Let us approach the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. The Lord's is the earth and its fullness, the world and all its peoples. It is he who set it on the seas, on the waters he made it firm. Let us approach the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things, who has not sworn so as to deceive his neighbor. Let us approach the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him. Seek the face of the God of Jacob. Let us approach the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Let us approach the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, the mighty, the valiant, the Lord, the valiant in war. Let us approach the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Let us approach the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. Who is he, the King of glory? He, the Lord of armies, he is the King of glory. Let us approach the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us approach the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. Our God will be made manifest. He will not come in silence. Our God will be made manifest. 
he will will not come in silence. The God of gods, the Lord, has spoken and summoned the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion's perfect beauty he shines. Our God comes, he keeps silence no longer. Before him fire devours, around him tempest rages. He calls on the heavens and the earth to witness his judgment of his people. Summon before me my people, who made covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself is the judge. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Our God will be made manifest. He will will come in silence. Offer to God the sacrifice of praise. Offer to God the sacrifice of praise. Listen, my people, I will speak. Israel, I will testify against you, for I am God, your God. I accuse you, lay the charge before you. I find no fault with your sacrifices. Your offerings are always before me. I do not ask more bullocks from your farms, nor goats from among your herds. For I own all the beasts of the forest, beasts in their thousands on my hills. I know all the birds in the sky. All that moves in the field belongs to me. Were I hungry, I would not tell you, for I own the world and all it holds. Do you think I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Pay your sacrifice of thanksgiving to God and render him your votive offerings. Call on me in the day of distress. I will free you, and you shall honor me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and will be forever. forever. Amen. Offer to God the sacrifice of praise. I want a loving heart more than sacrifice, knowledge of my ways more than holocausts. I I want want a loving heart more than sacrifice, knowledge of of my ways more than holocausts. But God says to the wicked, But how can you recite my commandments and take my covenant on your lips, you who despise my law and throw my words to the winds? You who see a thief and go with him, who throw in your lot with adulterers, who unbridle your mouth for evil, and whose tongue is plotting crime. You who sit and malign your brother and slander your own mother's son, you do this, and should I keep silence? Do you think that I am like you? Mark this, you who never think of God, lest I seize you and you cannot escape. A sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me, and I will show God's salvation to the upright. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. I want a loving heart more than sacrifice, knowledge of my ways more than holocausts. Listen, my people, and I will speak. 
I am the Lord, your God. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses spoke to the people, saying, When a man, after marrying a woman and having relations with her, is later displeased with her because he finds in her something indecent, and therefore he writes out a bill of divorce and hands it to her, thus dismissing her from his house. If, on leaving his house, she goes and becomes the wife of another man, and the second husband, too, comes to dislike her and dismisses her from his house by handing her a written bill of divorce, or if the second man who has married her dies, then her former husband, who dismissed her, may not again take her as his wife after she has become defiled. That would be an abomination before the Lord, and you shall not bring such guilt upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you as a heritage. When a man is newly wed, he need not go out on a military expedition, nor shall any public duty be imposed on him. He shall be exempt for one year for the sake of his family to bring joy to the wife he has married. No one shall take a hand mill or even its upper stone as a pledge for debt, for he would be taking the debtor's sustenance as a pledge. If any man is caught kidnapping a fellow Israelite in order to enslave him and sell him, the kidnapper shall be put to death. Thus shall you purge the evil from your midst. In an attack of leprosy, you shall be careful to observe exactly and to carry out all the directions of the Levitical priests. Take care to act in accordance with the instructions I have given them. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam on the journey after you left Egypt. When you make a loan of any kind to your neighbor, you shall not enter his house to receive a pledge from him, but shall wait outside until the man to whom you are making the loan brings his pledge outside to you. If he is a poor man, you shall not sleep in the mantle he gives as a pledge, but shall return it to him at sunset, that he himself may sleep in it. Then he will bless you, and it will be a good deed of yours before the Lord your God. You shall not defraud a poor and needy hired servant, whether he be one of your own countrymen or one of the aliens who live in your communities. You shall pay him each day's wages before sundown on the day itself, since he is poor and looks forward to them. Otherwise he will cry to the Lord against you, and you will be held guilty. Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor children for their fathers. Only for his own guilt shall a man be put to death. You shall not violate the rights of the alien or of the orphan, nor take the clothing of a widow as a pledge. For remember, you were once slaves in Egypt, 
and the Lord your God ransomed you from there. That is why I command you to observe this rule. When you reap the harvest in your field and overlook a sheaf there, you shall not go back to get it. Let it be for the alien, the orphan, or the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all your undertakings. When you knock down the fruit of your fruit of your olive trees, you shall not go over the branches a second time. Let what remains be for the alien, the orphan, and the widow. When you pick your grapes, you shall not go over the vineyard a second time. Let what remains be for the orphan, the alien, and the widow. For remember that you were once slaves in Egypt. That is why I command you to observe this rule. When men have a dispute and bring it to court, and a decision is handed down to them acquitting the innocent party and condemning the guilty party, if the latter deserves stripes, the judge shall have him lie down and in his presence receive the number of stripes his guilt deserves. Forty stripes may be given, but no more, lest, if he were beaten with more stripes than these, your kinsman should be looked upon as disgraced because of the severity of the beating. You shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out grain. The Word of the Lord. Master, you have told us the truth. There is one God, and we must love him with all our heart. To love our neighbor as ourselves is more than any holocaust or sacrifice. To return a kindness is like an offering of fine flour. The Lord God delights to see us turn away from evil. To love our neighbor as ourselves is more than any holocaust or sacrifice. A reading from the Pastoral Constitution on the Church in the Modern World of the Second Vatican Council. Husband and wife, by the covenant of marriage, are no longer two but one flesh. By their intimate union of persons and of actions, they give mutual help and service to each other, experience the meaning of their unity, and gain an ever deeper understanding of it day by day. This intimate union in the mutual self-giving of two persons, as well as the good of the children, demands full fidelity from both, and an indissoluble unity between them. Christ the Lord has abundantly blessed this richly complex love, which springs from the divine source of love and is founded on the model of His union with the Church. In earlier times, God met his people in a covenant of love and fidelity. So now the Savior of mankind, the bridegroom of the church, meets Christian husbands and wives in the sacrament of matrimony. Further, he remains with them in order that as he loved the church and gave himself up for her, so husband and wife may, in mutual self-giving, love each other with perpetual fidelity. True married love is caught up in God's love. It is guided and enriched by the redeeming power of Christ and the saving action of the church in order that the partners may be effectively led to God and receive help and strength in the sublime responsibility of parenthood. Christian partners are therefore strengthened 
and as it were consecrated by a special sacrament for the duties and the dignity of their state. By the power of this sacrament, they fulfill their obligation to each other and to their family and are filled with the Spirit of Christ. This Spirit pervades their whole lives with faith, hope, and love. Thus they promote their own perfection and each other's sanctification, and so contribute together to the greater glory of God. Hence, when parents leading the way by example and family prayer, their children, indeed all within the family circle, will find it easier to make progress in natural virtues, in salvation, and in holiness. Husband and wife, raised to the dignity and the responsibility of parenthood, will be zealous in fulfilling their task as educators, especially in the sphere of religious education, a task that is primarily their own. Children, as active members of the family, contribute in their own way to the holiness of their parents. With the love of grateful hearts, with loving respect and trust, they will return the generosity of their parents and will stand by them as true sons and daughters when they meet with hardship and the loneliness of old age. This is a great mystery, but I am saying it of Christ and of his church. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. A man must love his wife as he loves himself, and a woman must respect her husband. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, direct our actions according to your good pleasure, that in the name of your beloved Son we may abound in good works. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. I think the scribes are grasping at straws. It's in today's gospel in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Monday, January 22, 2024, the day of prayer for the legal protection of the unborn. I'm Paul Sadek, and in today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the scribes use what I think is a rather ridiculous argument against Jesus. From the third chapter of the Gospel of Mark, the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he casts out the demons. Jesus called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then, indeed, he may plunder his house. Truly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, 
and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. He has an unclean spirit. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Totally aside from the silly argument that they use, there is the matter of harming Jesus' good name. That's something that we all have a right to. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 3, Ordinary Time. Those who were simple at heart were amazed at our Lord's miracles and at His preaching. Others did not want to believe in Christ's divinity, even though they saw with their own eyes the most marvelous things happening. Here's an instance. Our Lord had just cast out a devil, St. Mark tells us in the Gospel of today's Mass. While the people were absolutely astonished at what he had done, the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub, and by the prince of demons he casts out the demons. When people are not well disposed, they are apt to interpret God's works as the works of the devil. Everything can be confused in the absence of rectitude of conscience. At the height of their blindness, the enemies of Jesus even say of him that he has an unclean spirit. They say this of him who is holiness itself. The love of God and of his neighbor for love of justice in a world where so much abuse is the result of idle words a Christian must be just in what he says. A man has a right to a good name, to respect, esteem, and the honor that he has merited. The more we know a man, the more we discover his personality, his character, his intelligence, and his heart. At the same time, we become more aware of the criterion by which we can measure him and what it means to be just towards him. Often, an unbridled tongue, thoughtlessness in action and speech is a clear proof of scatterbrained ideas, superficiality. It is a manifestation of a lack of interior depth and presence of God. How many injustices can be committed by pronouncing irresponsible judgments on the behavior of people who live, work, and come into contact with us? The Apostle St. James wrote that the tongue can become an unrighteous world. Every person has a right to his good name so long as he has not proved by acting unworthily in a public and notorious manner that he does not deserve it. Calumny, slander, malicious gossip constitutes seriously unjust assaults against our neighbor. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, for by losing it a man becomes incapable of doing much of the good that he could otherwise have achieved. The most frequent cause of defamation, of negative criticism and slander is envy, which cannot tolerate the good qualities of others, the prestige or success of persons or of institutions. People are also guilty of slander when they cooperate in its propagation by the printed word or by means of any of the mass media. They can do this by echoing and giving publicity to words that have been spoken privately or else they can bring about similar results through their silence, as, for example, when they fail to come to the defense of an injured party. Silence often adds up to giving approval to what has been said. 
Defamation is possible through half-hearted praising if the good done is unjustly diminished. On other occasions, commenting on unfounded rumors is a real injustice against the good name of another. When defamation is spread through magazines, newspapers, the radio, or television, its diffusion is vastly increased. Hence, its gravity. Not only do individuals have a right to their honor and good name, but so also do institutions. Any defamation of the latter has the same gravity as similar defamation committed against individuals. And sometimes this gravity is increased because of the consequences that public loss of reputation may have on the discredited institutions. We can ask ourselves today in our prayer whether in the environment in which we live, family, work, friends, we are known as people who never speak badly of anyone, and whether we really live at all times in accordance with that wise piece of advice, if you can't praise, say nothing. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers, and you'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. We join the whole church in prayer once again. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord God of hosts. My soul is longing and yearning, is yearning for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my soul ring out their joy to God, the living God. The sparrow herself finds a home, and the swallow a nest for her brood. She lays her young by your altars, Lord of hosts, 
my King, and my God. They are happy who dwell in your house, forever singing your praise. They are happy whose strength is in you, in whose hearts are the roads to Zion. As they go through the bitter valley, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rain covers it with blessings. They walk with ever-growing strength. They will see the God of gods in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Turn your eyes, O God, our shield. Look on the face of your anointed. One day within your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. The threshold of the house of God I prefer to the dwellings of the wicked. For the Lord God is a rampart, a shield. He will give us his favor and glory. The Lord will not refuse any good to those who walk without blame. Lord God of hosts, happy the man who trusts in you. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. Bless your people, Lord. You have given us the law that we may walk from strength to strength and raise our minds to you from this valley of tears. May we receive the gifts you have gained for us. Blessed are they who dwell in your house, O Lord. Come, let us climb the mountain of the Lord. Come, Come, let us climb the mountain of the Lord. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. All nations shall stream toward it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may instruct us in his ways, and we may walk in his paths. For from Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and impose terms on many peoples, They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. One nation shall not rise the sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is now. now. And will be forever. Amen. Come, Come, let let us climb the mountain of the Lord. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. O sing a new song to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. O sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim his help day by day. Tell among the nations his glory and his wonders among all the peoples. The Lord is great and worthy of praise, to be feared above all gods. 
the gods of the heathens are not. It was the Lord who made the heavens. His are majesty and state and power and splendor in his holy place. Give the Lord, you families of people. Give the Lord glory and power. Give the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and enter his courts. Worship the Lord in his temple. O earth, tremble before him. Proclaim to the nations, God is king. The world he made firm in its place. He will judge the peoples in fairness. Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad. Let the sea and all within it thunder praise. Let the land and all it bears rejoice. All the trees of the wood shout for joy at the presence of the Lord. For he comes, he comes to rule the earth. With justice he will rule the world. He will judge the peoples with his truth. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As, as it, it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, now and, and will, will be, be forever. forever. Amen. Lord, you have renewed the face of the earth. Your church throughout the world sings you a new song announcing your wonders to all. Through a virgin, you have brought forth a new birth in our world. Through your miracles, a new power. Through your suffering, a new patience. In your resurrection, a new hope. And in your ascension, new majesty. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. A reading from the book of James. Always speak and act as men destined for judgment under the law of freedom. Merciless is the judgment on the man who has not shown mercy, but mercy triumphs over judgment. The Word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Blessed be the Lord our God, blessed from age to age. Blessed be the Lord our God, blessed from age to age. His marvelous works are beyond compare. Blessed from age to age. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Blessed be the Lord our God, blessed from age to age. Blessed be the Lord our God. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. 
In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the Lord our God. Man was created to glorify God through his deeds. Let us earnestly pray. May we give glory to your name, Lord. May May we we give give glory glory to your your name, name, Lord. We bless you, Creator of all things. For you have given us the goods of the earth and brought us to this day. May May we we give glory glory to your name, Lord. Look with favor on us as we begin our daily work. Let us be fellow workers with you. May May we we give give glory glory to your name, Lord. Make our work today benefit our brothers and sisters. That with them and for them we may build an earthly city pleasing to you. May May we we give give glory glory to your name, Lord. Grant joy and peace to us. And to all we meet this day. May May we we give give glory glory to your name, Lord. Now let us offer together the prayer our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord God, King of heaven and earth, direct our minds and bodies throughout this day and make us holy. Keep us faithful to your law in thought, word, and deed. Be our helper now and always. Free us from sin and bring us to salvation in that kingdom where you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. And so begins another week. Morning Air is coming up in just a few minutes with John and Glenn, Patrick Madrid a bit later on. Right after him, it's Patrick Conley with The Inner Life. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. Go out, make it a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.